don't expect to come to LinkedIn to look at groups. LinkedIn's all about the content feed. There's got lots of activity in the content feed itself, so focus on the feed, not the groups. Welcome back to this episode of Move the Deal podcast. Move the Deal is a podcast by Miller Hyman Group for sales leaders looking for timely insights on how they can win their must-win deals. See the move that moves the deal. And for sales ops, sales enablement, and talent professionals that aspire to provide their sales teams with world-class tools, talent, and technology. Subscribe to our podcast at movethedeal.com. This is your host, Greg Moore. Today, I'm joined by global social media expert and thought leader, Mr. Christopher J. Reed, the only CEO with a mohawk. Check out his photo right now on LinkedIn. See what I mean? Chris joins me all the way from Singapore, where his company, Black Marketing, is based. Black Marketing is a global firm that helps CEOs build a brand and generate leads through managing all aspects of your LinkedIn account. Without further ado, let's listen to Chris's strategies for leveraging LinkedIn as part of an omni-channel approach to engaging your target buyers. Chris Reed joining me all the way from the other side of the world in Singapore. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Greg. It's a wonderful pleasure to be here. So excited to have you on the show today because you bring a very important area of thought leadership to the world of selling, and not just selling, but really to all professionals who are looking to build their brand. Uh, And I wanted to share with our listeners, maybe as a backdrop, Chris and I met back in early 2014. He had just started a business. And Chris, you were a pioneer really at that time in social media. People had not yet caught on to the significance of an omni-channel approach to engaging with customers and clients and networks. They hadn't got onto the approach of LinkedIn, let alone social media. They didn't realize that LinkedIn was the power it is now. That's right. So you launched a business and since that time, that business skyrocketed, you took it public and you've launched Black Marketing. So tell us about Black Marketing. Well, Black Marketing is the world's leading firm. And when I say leading, it's because we have over 1,300, 1,300 LinkedIn recommendations of our business which no one else there can actually match. But it's also because we have a niche in that we don't just tell people what to do on LinkedIn, we actually do it for you. We have a team here in Singapore, they write your content, they optimize your profile, they enhance your personal brand, they socially sell for you, they create your videos and optimize them on LinkedIn. Uh, we actually generate leads for you from the sales point of view. So um, I love sharing that, but I also love doing it for people too, to show that actually it does work. So we offer both those services, both the masterclasses, but also the do it, because most of our clients, our CEOs, have no time to do it themselves. It does take a lot of time, Greg. And is your target client the large corporation, or do you work with all sizes? No, no, not at all, not at all. All our clients on the black marketing side are entrepreneurs, CEOs of small, medium businesses, because they're the ones normally without a sales and marketing team, uh, usually they relied on the fact they've got a great reputation, referral networks, uh, you know, someone recommended them, and they've never had to kind of outbound. And lots of them don't like to do outbound, they don't like to sell. Yeah. And it's like, I love selling, you love selling, but people don't love selling. So we help entrepreneurs who are often introverted actually enhance their brand in a business context on LinkedIn and socially sell. On the masterclass brand, my Chris J. Reed Mastery brand, all my clients there are multinationals. And the difference is because multinationals will employ me to do a masterclass, but often the CEO either isn't on LinkedIn or does not want his profile managed. I'll give you a great example. We did one last week to Yokohawa 
um, engineering company. So you've got a Japanese company, and obviously, Greg, you know all about that. Yep. You've got that culture of don't promote yourselves. And it's an engineering company, and engineers don't like to promote themselves either. Yep. And so I was doing a masterclass, and they were enlightened enough to bring me in because they realized to actually engage and to socially sell, they need to get on LinkedIn. So they need someone to actually shake them up and say, you should, guys should be on LinkedIn. And it's amazing to see the engagement levels now. Suddenly, light bulbs are popping on going, wow, you know what? Even a Japanese engineering company can do this. But we won't have any ongoing work there because the CEO is not on LinkedIn. Now, I have to ask you a question because your persona is arguably a bit controversial. Is that fair to say? <laughs> you, For those of you who don't know Chris, uh, you probably do. He's got a huge global brand. But for those of you who don't, just log on to LinkedIn right now. Go to Chris, the only CEO with a mohawk, read, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Did the mohawk or tattoos or any of your personal persona that it goes with your, your personal brand have an impact with a Japanese company, which would arguably be a little conservative? That's a great question. It didn't with that Japanese company. No, they were very enlightened by it. They kind of saw it as a bit of a novelty. It did, however, last year when I went to Tokyo. So I went to Tokyo to do a talk um, to talk about LinkedIn, as I often do across the whole of the world. And I got stopped at the airport. The first time I've ever been stopped at the airport. My books got opened up. And they thought it was very strange. This guy with a mohawk coming in with all these books with his face on it. And I, I took a lovely picture and did a post on LinkedIn about it, which is fantastic. But when I went to the lounge, I think it was the Hilton Lounge, they asked me to cover up. I've never, ever been asked to cover up before, but I had to cover up. And even my talk, I had to do it on long sleeves to not show my tattoos. The mohawk was fine. They love the mohawk. It was just the tattoos. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There is a cultural taboo around that. Yeah. Let me go back to this idea of the CEO, an entrepreneurial CEO. They may or may not have a sizable marketing department, but they need some kind of social muscle to go. Correct as well as probably some guidance. Is that fair to say? Yes, definitely. Oh, without a doubt. They don't know what LinkedIn is. They haven't got time. They're focusing on their business. Understandably, they're focusing on their business. I don't know about their business, but I know everything about LinkedIn. So I can help them in areas they know nothing about. They don't even know, for example, about things like Sales Navigator and Point Drive, Greg. So it's not even if they think it's a recruitment tool. They think you do it when people have it, need a job. And that's changing, but it's not changing rapidly enough. So we have to educate people. The reason I do 100 talks a year is because I'm educating people about the power of LinkedIn beyond it being a recruitment. I don't even talk about it being recruitment, but I talk about it being personal branding and all about social selling. And it's about how you can generate leads by using the social platform of LinkedIn by enhancing your personal brand and doing content marketing. So I'm looking at it completely differently to how LinkedIn tend to sell it, which tends to be the recruitment side of things. So we're, we're kind of battling that perception and educating people about that. But as soon as people see it, they see it. And then they start getting leads because they take up our service. They think, wow, it's amazing. I've got a lead here, which is worth like $100,000 or a million dollars, whatever the contract is, which I would not have got had I not embraced and engaged on LinkedIn and used Sales Navigator. In the spirit of disclosure, I experienced that myself when we did our first project together. So yeah. I know what you just said to be true. So is the best practice to go through the company website? No, I mean, that, that's the big mistake people make. People make mistakes, that's the other mistake that people make. They think it's about the company page on LinkedIn, it's not. Because people don't engage on company pages on LinkedIn, they engage with leaders, they engage with people like you and I. So it's all about kind of marketing the CEO to market the company. I'll give you a couple of great examples. Bill Gates has got 20 million followers on LinkedIn. Well, but Microsoft, who own LinkedIn, have only got 6 million followers. <laughs> and the engagement levels on the Microsoft page are pathetic comparative to Bill Gates. An even better example is Arnie Sorison. There in the States, the CEO of a Marriott Starwood. Mm -hmm. uh, he has about half a million followers. 
And he gets phenomenal engagement because he's a really cool guy, puts some really great blogs out about there about employee engagement, about purpose, about vision. But the Marriott page has twice as many followers, but their engagement levels are 10 times less great. So even though they've got more followers, even though they still put out posts on a daily basis, their engagement levels are, no one cares because they care about Arnie, what Arnie says, because Arnie's the CEO. So even if he has less followers, he has more engagement. So it's all about the CEO because people buy people on LinkedIn. I think that could probably be extended a little bit to what we see happening on other platforms like Twitter. Is that fair with Elon Musk and others engaging people <laughs> to the chagrin of sometimes of the board, et cetera, but uh, <laughs> you know, directly with their follower base? Totally agree. And I, was, I would even argue that LinkedIn has a lower profile than places like Twitter. Uh, particularly because I think Twitter isn't really as big in places like Asia, for example. No one uses it in where I live in Singapore, for example. Yep. But obviously they use it in the US, they use it in the UK, so it tends to get lost publicity. Whereas people can post fantastic things on LinkedIn and not get the same kind of kind of engagement or noticeability. Now, I would argue that if Elon Musk talked about his company as much as he does on Twitter as he does on LinkedIn, uh, people would then start paying attention to LinkedIn a lot more. But, but he's not even on LinkedIn, for example, and so people don't even notice it. And um, so it, it is a perception of the fact that LinkedIn is truly a global network. It's in China. It's uh, the only Western social media in China. Got 55 million follow, uh, uh, kind of connection, uh, uh, membership there. And it's in India. You know, and those are the two biggest countries outside of the US. In the future, they will be the biggest. I mean, it's truly a global media. Where that, that can't be said about um, something like Twitter, for example, or yep. even Facebook, or even Line or WeChat, for example. They're all kind of localized. Yeah, fair enough. LinkedIn now has some guidelines around how many people you can be connected to, et cetera. I think those rules were a little looser in the early days. And you had an enormous amount of followers on LinkedIn. And then some new rules came out that you had to call that back just a bit. How do you optimize the people that you're connected to? Do you just accept any invitation to connect or do you need to curate that no, with some intent? No, you must, must. It's a really, really good question because a lot of people ask that. Um, and you must have a connection strategy. So we have a very, very strict connection strategy. So you only allowed 30,000 connections, which sounds a lot, but actually isn't. Because we target people everywhere in the world. We're a global company. So I have to really prioritize you know, anyone in Singapore, because obviously this is my home, I live here, but then everywhere else in the world, I only accept CEOs and founders of companies, i.e. potential clients. But it's not just because they might be potential clients, it's because their network will also then be potential clients as well, CEOs and founders. And that's the way LinkedIn works, first, second, and third connections. So I would even reject people who have minimal connections, who are CEOs, for example, because they can't lead me to having more of their second connections and their third connections. And I'll reject people with hundreds of thousands of followers or connections who are not CEOs and founders because I have to keep the 30,000 really, really focused to generate new leads. And I'll even, you know, we delete people every single day. I delete about 100, 150 people every single day on LinkedIn to really focus on the markets where we have greatest success. So I can give you a good example. We weren't in Zurich until a couple of years ago, and now we're in massive in Zurich. It's our biggest country. Now I have like a thousand connections where it basically means I can hit 99% of every single person in Zurich who owns a company, which is phenomenally important. But I have minimal connections in say US. I have about 200 connections now in the US where I had 4,000, 5,000 to start off with because we do no business there. We've only got a couple of clients there. We have to reprioritize those connections into Zurich and into places like Amsterdam where I'm going in October where we have clients and Germany where we have clients, for example, which weren't a priority before. So you really have to basically look at your connections as being a living, breathing database, but don't be frightened to cut them. If your market's saturated, like for example, we used to be big in Australia, we're not big in Australia anymore, we're focused more on Europe because there's more money there, and they pay quicker, and they're better clients, to be frank. 
So we've cut back in Australia. So we're cutting back the connections in Australia and beefing them up in places like Germany and Amsterdam and Zurich. So you've got to really, really focus on your connections. Don't just accept everybody. And how do you use groups? What's the best practice for targeting the right groups? There's a limited don't. number there as well. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't they use don't groups. Work. They just don't work. I mean, the only reason we use groups is to get to people who are not our first, second, and third connections. Because on Sales Navigator, you can reach out to people who are part of a group who you're not connected to. But it's completely useless now. LinkedIn kind of killed groups a couple of years ago by not investing them, not promoting them. So people used to promote and they used to get great engagement, then they killed them, redesigned them, and nobody cares about them anymore. So groups, unfortunately, on LinkedIn do not work like that. I've been told they work on places like Facebook. So don't expect to come to LinkedIn to look at groups. LinkedIn's all about the content feed. There's lots of activity in the content feed itself, so focus on the feed, not the groups. There are a lot of different components to this. There's the tagging and the right kind of yeah. construction of your emails. Can you just talk a little bit more about what you see as the best practices? Sure. I mean, basically, there's two different rules here for selling. So the first one is to do it, like optimize your profile. So make sure you have a proper profile, make sure you're describing your company as the company describes it, make sure you have a background picture, a photograph, a headline, a summary section which talks about you not just about your company. Make sure you have videos on there. Once you've done that, you can have a content marketing plan. And LinkedIn has best practice called 411, which is basically one hard sell post about your company, one soft sell post about your industry, and four unrelated posts about whatever you think is interesting to your followers, which reflects well on you. So really think through your content marketing strategy. And then you start using Sales Navigator. You can't do Sales Navigator until you've got that mass of connections of the target audience you want. So you need more than about a thousand connections to really make Sales Navigator work. And ideally you need like 500 to 600 in each of the markets you wanna go after, whether that's cities or whether that's countries. And then you have to create target lists on, the, on Sales Navigator, with which you can create 15 target lists, and you have to make sure they pay off. So every single day they should be generating leads for you. So they're not generating leads for you, then basically kill the list and start again. Okay. Like even when you have the list, you then need scripts to engage. You should have lots and lots of scripts. We have about 15 different scripts. What I mean by that is we have a script for somebody who offers to connect with me. I have an acceptance script. I have a rejection script. People who view my profile, people who basically congratulate me, people who basically engage with me, and so forth. And all of these scripts have my point drive in it. And point drive is part of sales navigator. It actually says, and here is what black marketing can do for you. People click on that, and I get a notification from LinkedIn that says, someone has actually clicked on that, that person then becomes a hot lead because they're researching me. I'm not hard selling to them at all. I've given them information. They've chosen to actually research me. I then can see they're doing that and I can then have a conversation with them. They know a lot more about what our services are and then we can go on to actually potentially doing a deal together. Okay, I want to repeat back those steps that I heard because I think they were brilliant. So there's optimize the profile, then you start your content marketing strategy, 411 forms the framework where it's yep. four curated messages, one hard sell, one soft sell. Yep. Then I'm ready to move to Sales Navigator and really leverage Point Drive. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about the tools? For those who listen to this podcast, they know that I regularly like to inquire about the tools that reduce tedium and drive productivity. What are the great automation tools that you see on social media? If it's limited to LinkedIn, that's fine as well. It's a, it's a very, very good question. It's a very controversial area because under LinkedIn's terms and conditions, they're not supposed to use automated tools. And in fact, if you do so, you run the risk of having your profile deleted or suspended or restrictions putting on it in terms of you have to put an email address in to connect. So we advise our clients not to use automated tools on LinkedIn because LinkedIn can tell. 
LinkedIn's AI can basically tell if you're using an automated tool. And I've got a couple of people who basically wouldn't listen to me and kept on using the automated tools who now have to put their email address into connection. So, and the people behind these often get deleted from LinkedIn themselves because uh, LinkedIn can tell. You know, LinkedIn aren't stupid. They can tell if someone's basically spamming people or whatever, and they put restrictions on you to do it, and they will effectively delete you and take you out if need be. So I'd rather basically keep my profile and keep my client's profile safe and sound. That's why I employ like 25 people here in Singapore. We have to do it manually because there is no quick fix to doing this. And if you think there is, then basically you do run the risk of getting deleted from LinkedIn. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. And I do want to congratulate you on becoming a Singaporean citizen. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> That's big. It took me many, many years. <laughs> it took many years. It's one of the best passports to hold worldwide. And you've done it just in time for National Day 2019. 54th birthday, Indeed. if I'm not mistaken, for Singapore. Indeed it is. And it's also just in time for Brexit because my old passport, which I obviously had to announce was a British passport, which obviously is, is useless anyway, but is even more useless after the 31st of October. <laughs> <laughs> and the views of those expressed here are not necessarily those of, <laughs> of et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, hey, it's but the fact, it's a fact. Singapore's is the best in the world. I'll give you a great example. When I go to Hong Kong now, I get my own channel because I'm Singaporean. As a Brit, I had to line up with everybody else, and that normally took half an hour to 45 minutes to get through. But as a Singaporean, I just walk in. I mean, the fact that it used to be an old colony tells you everything that Hong Kong thinks about Britain. They don't really like Britain very much. Like India. India is a good example. As a Singaporean, I can walk into India tomorrow, today, if I want to. As a Brit, you have to apply for a visa a week in advance. Well, there's a little history in those countries. Indeed. <laughs> As ties to like Britain. Payback. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I think that's really a phenomenal achievement. I saw your profile picture on LinkedIn. And I have to ask a question, was it coincidence that your red mohawk stood up precisely where the red flag was? <laughs> I've timed it for National Day. Everyone said, my passport now matches my mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, okay, let's tie this together for our listeners. So as a sales professional using social media as part of an omni-channel approach, how do they leverage this platform to progress their sales? I mean, the key to it, it's not rocket science on LinkedIn, Greg. It really isn't. The key to it is doing it every single day. Because LinkedIn's a gamification platform. If you actually activate it and engage with it, you like people, you comment, you share, you, you connect with people with a personalized message, you send out messages, you look at who's engaging with you, who's looking at your profile, and then you're really using the platform to sell. But you do need to do it every single day. And what I advise people to say, people say, oh, I've got no time, got no time, and say, just cut back on Facebook, cut back on Twitter, cut back on YouTube, and you'd be amazed the amount of time that you will actually have for LinkedIn. You can use the app, which is very, very fantastic when it comes to engaging. You can't use it on sales. You can't really use it for Sales Navigator, unfortunately. But you know, half an hour in the morning on Sales Navigator, half an hour in the evening on Sales Navigator, and you will generate leads just by doing logical things. Share, for example. I mean, you know, when I do my presentations, it's amazing because we go through people's profiles. Ninety-nine percent of them are not sharing a single thing. And then you think, well, how hard is it? Because and then people say, well, I do it on Instagram and Facebook, but I don't do it on LinkedIn. I say, what's the difference? It's, they're still social media platforms. I can still find you on Google. So whether you're doing it on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, or Twitter, or Facebook, I can find you. Therefore, put a business post 
in a business context up in LinkedIn, and you will be amazed the amount of engagement you get. But more importantly, LinkedIn will then prioritize you and boost you up the rankings because you're then engaging with the platform. So by actually doing things on LinkedIn, the LinkedIn rewards you, and you will be rewarded because you win clients. I and mean, it's literally not rocket science, Greg. So Chris, yeah. we close this podcast with a section that we call, What's Your Move? And in this section, I'm going to ask for your actionable advice. And in this case, I'm going to let you target this to your target audience, which is that entrepreneurial CEO hmm. who's a busy executive. They know they need to be doing more on social media. What should they be focused on as a matter of first priority? First thing they need to do is sort out their profiles because nine times out of 10, their profiles are shocking. Normally they haven't got a picture or it's a Facebook picture or a travel picture or they've got their, their arm around their wife or their husband. And it looks unprofessional. To so get a professional photograph done, absolutely essential. Then get your background picture sorted out. A lot of people just put their skyline in. If I see another Singaporean skyline or Sydney skyline or London skyline or Hong Kong skyline, you think, why are you doing that? Because it doesn't enhance your personal brand. Why don't you market yourself? It's real estate. It's advertising. And I would say change your background on a weekly basis because it's marketing. And then put a headline in so somebody knows what you do. People will click on my profile because they go, that's interesting. He's the only CEO with a mohawk. Also most recommended LinkedIn keynote speaker. What can he do for me? And then we tell people what they do. And it's really about investing in your profile that leads you then to have a content marketing strategy and leads you then do social selling. And I can't kind of overestimate how important Sales Navigator is because Sales Navigator gives you more functionality than the normal business premium does, which LinkedIn tend to sell you, and it costs about the same. But it tells you, and only Sales Navigator can do this, it tells you who's actually active on LinkedIn. Because the problem with LinkedIn, Greg, is that 620 million people are registered, but LinkedIn and Microsoft do not have to reveal how many people are actually active. Mm. Unlike Twitter, Facebook, Snap, and so forth. They do because they're PLCs. LinkedIn doesn't because it's owned by Microsoft. So of the 610 million people who are registered, they estimate, or people estimate, only about a third are actually using it on a monthly basis. And they're not using it for as long as other platforms because it's business, it's not pleasure. So just by actually activating and focusing on those 200 million by using Sales Navigator and looking for people who are premium as well, like I and you are, for example, you can actually engage with fellow professionals and fellow executives who actually may want your service, may want to uh, refer you, may want to kind of uh, like actually have your service and benefit from it itself, may want to have a conversation, may just want to have a chat with you about how to work together, maybe looking at a roll-up or an IPO or investment, for example, or looking at how you can both work together. And LinkedIn allows you to do that, but only Sales Navigator really allows you to target people who are actually active on LinkedIn which is what we do for both myself and for our clients. So that's why Sales Navigator and the active um, areas of Sales Navigator and the open profile active on, there on Sales Navigator, which is basically people who have ticked a box to say, please contact me. So I, they want you to have a conversation with them. I'm open profile because I want people to have a conversation with me. I don't want any barriers in the way. And it's having that kind of initiative, some of the simple stuff on LinkedIn, which means I can have conversations all day about lead generation. I generate like, 20, 30, 40, 50 leads every single day just by activity on LinkedIn. Well, and then we put them in, obviously we curate them and put them into the funnel, but it's all generated through LinkedIn. 99% of our um, leads come through LinkedIn. Chris, that is really fantastic insight for our listeners today. Can't thank you enough for joining. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Reed, the only CEO with the Mohawk. Thank you for joining, Chris. Cheers, Greg. Absolutely my pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Move the Deal. Move the Deal podcast is hosted by myself, Greg Moore, produced by Miller Hyman Group, and edited by Dan Jakes. You can subscribe to our podcast at movethedeal.com. Join us next episode for more timely insights 
on how you can see the move that moves the deal.